You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Mm. Straightforward, honest, no holds barred conversations about married life and love and sex. Holding nothing back. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. And we want we want you to let us know what that would be. And the best way you can do that is our voicemail line, 214-702-9565 is the way you can call and leave your message with your thoughts, questions, comments, uh, even bringing in thoughts that you have on uh, previous topics that we've covered. If you've got something that would help round out the conversation, we want your voice on the air with us. Yeah, we do. You can also email feedback at sexymergeradio.com. But one of the things we love is also having the Sexy Marriage Nation help us spread the word. And you can do that by jumping on iTunes, subscribing, uh, rate and review the show, help spread the word and the charts that we can climb in the sexuality category mm-hmm. because we want to spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Thanks to Noom for supporting Sexy Marriage Radio. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits, in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M.com slash S-M-R. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is an extended conversation that I had with Eva Mendez, mm. who is a therapist in the Boston area mm-hmm. who works with uh, couples where one member of the couple relationship is on the spectrum. Okay. Aus- autism, right. As- Asperger's, one of the two. So those are okay. neurodiverse couples is what they're called. All right. And so she's had a history of working with this clientele. And I had her on to answer a specific voicemail that came in a while back. And so I reached out uh, for a second opinion, expert, expert advice. Mm-hmm. And so... The entire conversation is the first of our show. It's all of our show, the free version. Okay, yeah, you guys went pretty in-depth, right? We did. And so uh, she's worth uh, getting this out to the larger audience. And then if you are interested in an extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper and longer, and we're going to go in a different way with the extended content, but there's also no ads on the extended versions, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. You can listen in on a conversation I had on a coaching call with a couple that was part of the academy, and we were doing a live coaching Q&A call with all the people that want to join. That happens once a month if you're right. a member of the academy. Right. And he had reached out earlier in Slack in our conversation with the academy about, I need, a, I need more detail on the difference between giving of myself in compassion and, and for the better of my spouse yeah, versus teaching them I'll settle for less. Mm. And so on the call, yeah, he brought it topic. up and we went with it and I have their permission to share it. And so that's the extended content. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So all that's coming up on today's show. Hi. Um, so my husband and I have been married for about five years. Um, as a child, he was diagnosed with having ADHD. However, we recently found out that he actually has ASD, so like a high-functioning autism. 
Um, I am the higher desire, and he seems to have almost no desire. I'm the only one to initiate, and if I don't, we could go well over a month without him realizing we hadn't been intimate. He says it doesn't really cross his mind. Um, There are times that even if I initiate, he isn't interested due to being so focused on something else. So I was wondering if you just had any tips or advice um, for being in a marriage where one of the two is on the spectrum. Um, Love listening to your show. Thank you so much. Well, I love the fact that Sexy Marriage Nation calls in with specific questions. And when you're talking about this specific question from the caller, I'm reaching out for some expert uh, second opinion help with this. And so I found Eva Mendez, who is a licensed mental health counselor, national certified counselor, that she works a great deal with uh, people that are have Asperger's or now it's really all under the autism spectrum, diagnosed or undiagnosed. And Eva's here to help guide us through this conversation. And so Eva, thank you very much for coming on board today to help with this one. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank so, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's just dive right in because she's asking, um, cause this is one of those things that's kind of typical where someone that's on the spectrum from my experience with the, with clients in this arena, they can really get tunnel vision and it really does impact things. So Where do we start? So um, what happens is many times people on the spectrum, I mean, we can't rule out that it might be a clinical problem where, you know, maybe somebody just has a low libido or a low drive. So I always think, okay, first you want to make sure that that's not the issue, you know, from a clinical point of view, to talk to a doctor. And then I would say, secondly, like you said, you know, people on the spectrum many times can have tunnel vision, so they can be workaholics or they can be overly involved with their special interests. And a special interest could be just their work many times because they are passionate about what they do many times, and that's why they thrive on it. So they can be workaholics, which then you don't have any mental space or bandwidth for intimacy. So, so that's one place where I think I would uh, advise, you know, uh, the partner or the, the spouse to uh, really make space and create opportunities to, you know, um, I don't know, play, be playful, flirting with each other, spending time together. Because if you're not spending time and you're just ships passing in the night, then, you know, chances are the intimacy may not be happening as much either. Or if you're working yourself to the bone, then you may be really tired. And right. so sometimes people on the spectrum don't uh, have sometimes the ability or just not as easily be able to self-regulate or have balance. Okay. So they might be using up all their energy, um, you know, at work. So by the time they step in the door, they're on a minus. So they're cranky, they're irritable. They're like, you know, just like not a very nice uh, spouse person to have around. And then and then you ta- ask them about sex. And then, of course, that's not going to happen because maybe they don't have the energy, you know. So I think uh, we have to, you know, consider like what is it, what is the real issue there? Then sometimes... There is, I mean, I hate to say it, but there might be pornography at play. Maybe they're taking care of their needs independently because okay. sometimes sure. uh, people on the spectrum can also feel like they're their own like agents and like, why do I have to involve my 
spouse in this, but right. in a marriage, you know, that intimacy is part of that relationship. It's no longer just a, a, a you know, independent of your partner. Sure. So, so Eva, I, let me jump on just real quick because yeah. I got a question on. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the one of the dynamics that can play out is um, mm-hmm. you can get so depleted that by the time you actually yeah. are together. Uh, it's not on the radar. Yeah. I mean, that's what she's pointing out is that he, if she doesn't yeah. bring it up, it's not, he's not going to most likely. And so are you almost saying one of the, one, a smart thing to do is to find little touch points that keep contact throughout the day and that keep that maybe a little closer to the surface level of the radar? Yes, okay. I think so. Okay. I you just know, wanted to make sure I was hearing that know, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. I, I think that that's, normal even for uh, people who are neurodivergent or make an agreement of what that looks like. And that may look differently for each couple. They may, you know, somebody might say, well, I don't want to be bothered at work because I'm, you know, focused. How can I flirt with you when I'm at work or something? But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It may be really small things like a little text that I'm thinking of you or, or create opportunities on the weekends, you know, or, I mean, I don't, I don't know. So every couple, their schedules are, and lifestyle is, is very unique to who they are. Absolutely. So I think they have to do what works for them, but it's not going to just kind of happen. You have to put effort into it. Um, and, and realize that that is a part of being in a marriage because oftentimes people on the spectrum, they kind of, uh, once they get married, they just feel like they, they own it now or their, their partner is theirs, so they no longer have to do anything to maintain. Okay. You know, so it's like owning an object or a painting, but it's like, yeah, well, your wife isn't like an object. You know, she needs to be nurtured and she needs to be told every day that you love her and, you know, that emotional connection needs to be watered and nurtured, um, you know, every single day. And sometimes that doesn't always compute for them, Okay. you know? And so I think they really sometimes need to, uh, we call it perspective taking. So realize that, yeah, your wife is not just being a nag or needy. That is a basic human need, you know? And of course, everyone's uh, partner is different. So some may need it more so than others. Um, but it's never not going to be a need. So they have to realize that this is also my duty as a husband. And once a long time ago, I did a workshop with these uh, couple therapists who, who also married to each other. And they said there was this concept of being a professional husband or a professional wife, you know? Right. And it was like, you know, the show must go on. So even sometimes when you don't feel like, I mean, if you're ill or, you know, something really like is going on with you then of course and I wouldn't think that you're married to such an awful partner who's not going to you know want you to rest if you're not feeling well right but but otherwise you know you have to be sort of you know responsible and you do have a duty to your spouse you know to meet their needs so Mm -hmm. the question then because some of what you're describing Eva um is is it's it's applicable to every relationship it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you are as far as if you're on the spectrum or not, if, if you've, you know, it, it, where, regardless of your functioning, there's still a level of basic necessity with what the, with the way you're framing this. So how is it magnified mm-hmm. when you do have somebody that's on the spectrum and 
it, the concept is so foreign sometimes that that they don't even gather it in the sense of the perspective taking that for some it's common sense, but for some it's going to be like, I don't even have a cue, a cue what you're talking about. Yeah, I think um, a good therapist can help there with okay. the perspective taking because oftentimes, I mean, um, you know, I mean, it is different for um, gender wise too, but also women on the spectrum sometimes don't tend to have a lot of female friends that they're always talking to. And men in general are not going uh, you know, for a drink and discussing it with their buddies, whether right. they're on the spectrum or not. Right. Now, guys on the spectrum tend to be less likely to even go out for a drink with a buddy. So they're kind of in their own head, okay. you know. So there's nobody else imparting any other wisdom or information to them that, yeah, well, this is this is marriage. This right. is how wives are. So this is, you know. Um, so I think you kind of need... Um, you know, maybe an, a therapist or another well-wisher who is willing to be just open and honest and say, yeah, like, you know, this is our experience and uh, or to say this is what you're supposed to do and this is what other couples are doing and your wife is not, you know, uh, crazy right. in thinking that, you know, you guys need to be intimate Um you know, to whatever degree and in terms of frequency that is acceptable of, you know, to both partners or, or that works for the wife, you know, because if she's not happy long term, um, she's probably not like just going to be miserable. And uh, maybe sometimes people get sick, you know, staying in the in the same marriage um, that they're not happy in. Or, or sometimes um, they might end up leaving. Right. So it's not something that is sustainable long term to just ignore it or think it's not your problem or that it's going to go away. You do have to address it, you know. We'll be right back with more of our conversation from Eva Mendez right after this. If you're like most Americans, you've had all kinds of experiences trying to lose some weight. And sticking to a weight loss plan can be especially hard. And this is even harder when you don't know how to handle the thoughts and the obstacles that get in our way. Well, most people, myself included, and I think I could probably even speak for my wife, Pam. Yes, you can. We've lost the weight in the past and then we gain it all back. Mm -hmm. And it's usually because we don't know what to do after. Mm -hmm. Well, with Noom, you get a chance to change your relationship with food, not just make it a diet plan. Mm -hmm. Because with Noom, you're not alone. You have a support team that helps you. You have education. Every day is new information about the habits, the hang-ups, the, the meanings of things, the things that trip you up, the positive motivators, negative motivators. Mm -hmm. There's constant information to help you understand more than just tracking what you eat and don't eat. And the thing I've loved the most about using Noom is I can look back at each day after I've tracked my food and logged my steps, which it automatically does for me because it's right there in my phone, and I can see the green, the yellow, and the red of my food choices. Yeah, it's, it, your, little, it's your little stoplight, it right? So you know what's good, bad, and ugly. And the coolest thing, too, is they don't say don't eat any of the red. They just say start to moderate it. Because that will make a big difference in, in your overall feel and mm -hmm. goals. Yep. So Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. That's N-O-O-M dot com forward slash S-M-R. What do you have to lose? 
Visit Noom.com forward slash SMR to start your trial today. And again, Noom.com forward slash SMR. Start losing the weight for good. And so are there some practical things that a couple can do that that would help them? Because I know you've, you've got um, a publication that came out of Marriage with Asperger's Syndrome, 14 Practical Strategies. Can you give the highlights of, of what are some of the just the real practical things this wife can do and anybody else that's listening that really does help uh, frame a, a path forward that's a little bit better and a little brighter? Yeah, so in addition to that publication, which you can find on my website, uh, eva-mendes.com, and it's E-V-A uh, hyphen M-E-N-D-E-S dot com. That's on the publications page. I also have a book that's uh, easily available on Amazon that's called Marriage and Lasting Relationships with Asperger's Syndrome. Perfect. Successful Strategies for Couples or Counselors. So in both of those, in the paper, uh, there's a whole section dedicated to uh, best sex and intimacy. And in the book, there's a whole chapter also just dedicated to this topic. And so in I, what I say is that, you know, it may not be spontaneous for some couples, so maybe you want to schedule it. Right. You know, especially if you have kids and things like that, you know, you have a full life, maybe scheduling it is a good idea or making time to um, go away somewhere or, you're, you know, traveling. But I think um, it's important to really maybe uh, schedule it because sometimes what the neurotypical, the non-Asperger partner thinks that he's just going to initiate it, you know, and if he doesn't initiate it, he doesn't love me. Right. And that's not always true. If they don't initiate because maybe their mind is elsewhere, they're just working themselves to the bone. They're really tired. They're tired from carrying around enormous amounts of stress. People on the spectrum, um, you know, just tend to be more uh, prone to stress. They just tend to be kind of like, um, I don't know, uh, things that maybe a lot of other people may just kind of like have rolled off their back. That kind of hits them more heavily. So then all processing all that can take a lot, you know. Yeah. So they may require their own strategies of how to reduce their own stress and anxiety, maybe they need to work out more. They need to focus on eating healthy, you know. Uh, and I think really spending um, time with the spouse is, is really crucial. But also, I think making that mental switch um, that, no, this is a part of marriage. This is my duty. It's not just, um, you know, bringing home the bacon right. or supporting my spouse financially. That there are all these areas in which we have to, uh, you know, we have a duty towards a partner um, and this is, you know, part of that. So in, in my book, I have like a relationship schedule too. And in that, I mean, it sounds kind of, I think, um, uh, rigid, like, oh, we need a schedule. But I think I would say you can even try using the schedule until it becomes more second nature. It's like doing a drill almost, you know. Okay. So some people, like I know a couple where the husband would just uh, come home from work, walk, uh, not even walk in the door, go straight to taking out the trash, clearing out the mail, not even saying hello to the wife and the kids. Right. And of course, that's not going to help the intimate life very much. <laughs> right. So we, we decided that, no, he had to make an a, a attempt to walk to the front door, 
greet everyone, give his wife a kiss, ask about her day, you know, make that little small talk right. and then go and do what he needed to do. But then it had to have an end time because okay. he was also kind of uh, obsessive about taking care of the house. Okay. And then to have some time where they would either watch their favorite show or uh, do, do something that they both enjoyed to spend time together. And that then could lead to better, you know, intimacy. And then also if there was, you know, he carried a lot of the financial stress and burden to also maybe start sharing some of that with the wife so okay. that he was not the only one carrying all that. So then he felt a little lighter and more able to like enjoy life. Okay. You know? and, I mean, I like this idea that you're just, you're just describing how do we be more overt about schedule and dynamic mm-hmm. and time. And I mean, I think to a degree, everybody can benefit from this. <laughs> of just Absolutely. of just looking at I me, mean, we live according to this structure in large parts of our life anyway. Mm-hmm. But it seems mm-hmm. like we have, at least in my mind, we run into this. It it but marriage should just be easy. You know, the the relationship should just be easier. We shouldn't have to do this. And I think you're describing. No, I need to confront that should and realize in in some circumstances, especially when you're talking about someone on the spectrum. No, I got to confront that should and just realize, no, this is a, a tool and a resource that can actually be beneficial for us, not something that means it, it's, it's a major struggle or a failure. You know, exactly. And I often say this to my couples, that marriage is a vehicle for self-improvement. Right. I mean, we should tell young people before they get married that, right. yeah, if you don't want to change yourself or improve yourself in any way, don't get married. Because there's, <laughs> I think there's this myth Yep. That, oh, you know, you should, like, love me. Well, yeah, there is that basic level of acceptance. If you marry one person, you're really wanting another person. Well, that's a problem. Right. But I think, by and large, we don't make those kinds of decisions, you know, because marriage is a huge commitment. So I think most people are choosing well, uh, but then they're thinking, oh, well, I shouldn't have to change, or it's uncomfortable to, well, it is uncomfortable. Growth is always like that. But if we're not growing, we're sort of dying, you know? So right. I think marriage and marriage is, is, is a great, like, it's a great benefit in that regard. Like, when I was single, I thought I was great. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, <laughs> I rock. But then the moment I started, you know, dating my husband, I was like, oh, no, I have so many issues I need to work on, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, and then it just gets magnified I, when I when I bring a child into the mix too. It's like, whoa! I thought I had my act together, and now I'm learning more and more. Maybe I don't. Yeah, yeah, and and that's good, and it's humbling. But right. then it also, I think, opens the door to create dialogue and movement. Right. You know, like how can we partner on this issue in our marriage and move us forward? Right. You know, and and it's it's not easy, but I think um, it can be done. Okay. And so let me ask you this last question there, Eva, because one of the things that I can already foresee in the Sexy Merge Nation is they're listening to this and they, you know, whichever spouse is listening going, you know what? I, I think my spouse fits this. You know, I think that, that this, that this, this rings very, very true. Um, what, what do they need to do? What's, what's the next step? One is, I would say, do a lot of research, uh, like, on the internet. I know it's like we have Dr. Google and all that, you know. Right. But there are a lot of good books. There's my book, and there are a lot of books that are written um, 
not just by clinicians, but by spouses. Mine is one of the few books out there written by somebody who does this professionally. Okay. But a lot of the books out there are written by spouses themselves, so they're sharing their own experience. And if you read a few of those, you know, you'll start to recognize maybe that some of those same uh, experiences that you're having with your partner, uh, you know, or spouse. So I would, um, you know, and then just reading, there are a lot of blogs and forums and, you know, articles out there on the internet nowadays. Um, there are even like a lot of, um, in pop culture too, like I think there was a show a while back, uh, Parenthood, that had a couple of people on right. the spectrum, you know. And, and there are like movies and shows, I can't think of any, but they're all listed actually on, in my, on my website under publications. There's a, uh, there's a little article on resources so people can go and click on that and look at, you know, um, certain, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, interpretations of, right. of, uh, Asperger's in media and, and in television and right. things like that. So, yeah, so I would say do that. And I would say, you know, you're not, um, uh, I think, you know, many times uh, husbands say, well, why, why is like she like diagnosing me or something? And it's not like, you know, your wives are out to get you. Right. I mean, you didn't marry like some mean person who's out to get you. They're just suffering and they're trying to find answers. And just because somebody has Asperger's or is on the autism spectrum, that doesn't mean that they're flawed. Uh, it's just a different neurology. Like I live in the Boston area and we have, you know, Harvard and MIT here. And one of my professors when I was in grad school said, oh, you know, that MIT campus, well, half of them are on the spectrum. And I would agree. Like, I think that, you know, a lot of the engineering brains, you yep. know, the science, yep. uh, scientists, mathematicians, they might fall somewhere on the spectrum. And, and we live in this very technologically advanced age right now where our jobs, where people who are good at these kinds of things are being rewarded financially. So they make good prospective partners. But then, you know, once you get married, you learn that, well, emotionally, they might not be able to uh, give to me as much as I need or right. they need to be taught or, you know, um, so or trained, you know. Right. So I think... Uh, yeah, I would say just look around and if you have a hunch, you, you're probably right, you know, because I don't think, um, like I said, people are just, you know, diagnosis shopping or something right. like that, right. you know. I get it's you. It's coming so, from a real place of pain. So yeah. the, the other thing that comes to my mind is just what have you found in the work that you do that when you're talking about a marriage that's neurodiverse, what's the survivability of that relationship. Cause I know one of the things when you do go to the research in the, in the web world, you can find across the board that some of it can be very, very helpful. Some of it can be downright scary. So what have you found as far as what, what helps marriages that fit this survive, thrive? And then what about the ones that don't? Mm. So uh, in my practice, like I, I would say, you know, I work exclusively with folks on the autism spectrum and uh, about 60 to 70 percent of those are couples. And I would say the majority of my couples do tend to stay together. Okay. And that's why, you know, I feel very hopeful about the work sure. that I do. So I think that, you know, the the, the hope is in that. Uh, when the partner is open and willing to learn. 
And even if they fall short, they're trying and they're trying every day. Okay. You know, because if you're trying and you're working hard at it, then, you know, you're, you're doing something. Right. It's like when, when the partner is like really, um, you know, defiant, like defensive, just kind of shutting down, like, I don't want to hear about it, like angry, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. And that you don't have to have Asperger's, (laughs) you know, you know, know, lose your marriage with with that kind of attitude, you know. Uh, So, but I think that, you know, I also have clients that are really nice and really sweet guys, you know, who really uh, want to learn about how to please their spouse and how to do right by their wives, right. you know, right. and those marriage, do, and they'll listen, they'll listen to me, they'll take my, and sometimes they resist, you know, and then later on, I'll get a text, you know, that, oh, well, you were right, I tried it, and, and this is, these are the strategies I employ, and one of the strategies that I ask my couples to do, the partner um, that maybe has the Asperger's, I say, I, you know, with, along with your wife, like write down what are the things that she wants you to work on. So make a list, okay. make a concrete list, okay. you know, and then kind of look at that list every day and work on it. Because if you focus on it and pay attention, we, we all know, like, even if you write down a weight, weight loss and exercise goal and you look at it and you focus on it and you work towards it, you are going to get success. Right. I mean, it's, it's just cause and effect, right, you know? Right, But you do have to put the work in because I think that's marriage for everyone. I don't yep. think we can just expect to get married and be like, okay, well, we're all done now. We're married. And Smooth sailing, yep. The worst, yeah, worst version of myself. And, and yes, and, and expect my partner to put up with that. Well, no, that's not. And, but I want people to on the spectrum to also know that they they often are not aware of their own needs. Like I said, sometimes they carry a lot of the uh, financial responsibilities and the stress that, that goes with that, and they're not always aware of it or aware that, wow, I can tell my wife about this, and, you know, she won't help in this, this in this way, you know. So, so I think you want to kind of share the burdens of life, you know, with your spouse, and that's okay. why you get married in the first place. Exactly. It's a partnership, exactly. you know. Exactly. Well, Eva, thank you very much, uh, not only for the work that you do and the stuff that you've produced with the books, the publications, uh, but also just thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So so, uh, you've mentioned it before, but uh, people can find you at eva-mendez.com, right? That is your home online. Okay. That's right. I, yes, I, I heartily recommend you go check out uh, Eva's work, get her book, uh, especially if this fits the arena of your relationship, because having, having good information can help us see a, a better path forward. So Eva, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Well, this has been one of the different kind of episodes for Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah. Yeah. I've just kind of been sitting back behind the scenes enjoying this one. Yeah. You're still you're still a vital co pilot on this journey. It's just I love being your co pilot. It's just one that makes it to where it's it's interesting to hear from a wealth of of experiences and people Mm -hmm. that are traveling along the way. And it's also it's great to bring in expert voices to help speak to some of the things that I don't like being out on that limb. 
sure, alone. Sure. Well, I'm thankful for the Academy members that, that bring up questions too. Yes. And just dive down into things and, and want to work hard to ask the hard questions, to to figure out together how to answer and them, in some regards make life better. are willing to do it in the open because others are going to benefit from it too. Yeah. And so if you missed the extended content, go to sexymarriage.net, sign up today to subscribe because it's worth listening to. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. So whatever you are, whatever you've been doing, we'll see you next time.